Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Innocence Redeemed podcast. I'm your host, Ray Bergman, and today is really not going to be a podcast or a teaching per se, but just a little addendum to the ARC part two. I was going through some archives on my computer because uh, I was having a phone conversation with many rounds, and I said, hey, I came across this uh, show from 2014 that John B. Wells had conducted on his program, Caravan to Midnight. And for anybody who doesn't know who John B. Wells is, he's a you know voiceover for many TV programs y'all might have seen. And um, he used to host Coast to Coast AM back in uh, 2012, 2013 as a Saturday night host. And I had mentioned um, Dane Wigginton and the spraying at the beginning of the ARC series part two. And to remove any doubt that these things are happening, I thought I would put this up for you guys you know, just as something that you could chew on and thought. Because these things, they really are taking place. And, you know, one of the things the word says is that we are not to go along with evil, but rather expose it. And so when I put something up like this, it's purely informational. It's up to you to decide what to do with it. But in the end, what it shows is everybody just needs to be drawn close to Jesus. This is the reason why. And... You know, I could turn this into a show where I would put multiple clips by different hosts over different issues. You know, I spoke to the whole thing with Musk. And, you know, I spoke to idolizing uh, politicians. Because, I mean, guys, I've seen things about guillotines. And if I told you who was in on those arrangements and how long ago it was planned, the uh, answers would shock you. And let's just say you would have a different look at some of the people out there that you uh, support. But I'm going to play this for you in this podcast. And uh, like I said, this is just for purely informational purposes. So you can be aware that uh, there really is an agenda as far as spraying people. You know, there's all these drug ads on TV and people are noticing, you know, why am I getting sick? And why do I always feel tired? And this and that and the other. And well... The answer might surprise you. And so, without further delay, here's the show. Enjoy. Caravanners, and welcome to another episode of Caravan to Midnight. You know, you pick out little, few little days as you go through your, your life, and they wind up being anniversaries of, uh, of this and that and the other. So while I've been in the communications game for 36 years, one of those years was spent sort of getting my sea legs and figuring out what I was doing after denying that I had any sort of a future in uh, broadcast communications at all, wanting instead to be an actor. But then uh, during that, th- those years when, uh, when it was possible to do that, I didn't really see anything all that compelling. And one thing led to another and wound up with a microphone instead of a camera. 
This camera came much later. But yesterday marked the 35th anniversary of um, of having been hired at the legendary KZEW 98 FM in Dallas, Texas, which is what really started everything rolling for me. And um, and I thought it was interesting that we had the uh, the blood moon. I tried so hard to get a picture of that thing, but unfortunately the uh, the good camera was in somebody else's trunk. So I tried it with this Nokia 1020 or whatever it is, 41 megapixel camera, 41. And a Carl Zeiss lens. However, it's a tiny Carl Zeiss lens. And so the most rewarding pictures were uh, done with the infrared feature. It's just weird. Anyway. So anyway, here we are, 35 years later, talking about all sorts of stuff. And um, I'm very pleased and privileged to have on the program today Dane Wigington. And uh, we'll also visit with uh, Dennis Dragon. And we'll have a word with Patty Beers. Well, who are these people? Well, I'm getting to that. Dane Wigington has a background in solar energy. A former employee of Bechtel Power Corporation. Was a licensed contractor in California and Arizona. Been engaged in constant climate geoengineering research for over a decade. Uh, His personal residence was featured in uh, a cover article on the world's largest renewable energy magazine, Home Power. He he presides over a 1,600-acre wildlife preserve next to uh, Lake Shasta in Northern California. Man, I'll bet that is extraordinarily beautiful. Anyway, he puts all his focus, efforts, and energy on the geoengineering issue. When he began to lose very significant amounts of solar uptake due to Uh, whatever increasing solar obscuration caused uh, the obscuration to begin with and traced directly back to aircraft and all that spraying. Uh, He also noted significant decline in forest health, as you and I have probably, and and Dane as well, have noticed a decline in uh, human health. Uh, The latest figures that I've seen like within the the last week or ten days, Uh, probably longer than that, but anyway, that'll, that'll work for now. One in two men and one in three women are going to have a brush with cancer over the course of, of their, their lifetime. I mean, if you're alive now, that's the stat for you, regardless of what your age is. It's, that's kind of an odd statistic to throw out there, but that's what they say, whoever they are. I, I presume these are experts, the ones who are routinely baffled. Anyway, extensive testing and research into the geoengineering issue was commenced and has continued since 2002. He's the lead researcher for www.geoengineeringwatch.org. Geoengineeringwatch.org and has uh, investigated all levels of geoengineering from stratospheric aerosol geoengineering, uh, the acronym would be SAG, to HARP. He's appeared in numerous films and radio interviews uh, to explain the environmental and health dangers we face on a global level from geoengineering. And he lives in beautiful Shasta County, California. Welcome to the program, Dane. Thanks for making the time to come talk to us about this stuff. It's been dogging me for years. Started watching chemtrails in 1998 going, well, that's not normal. And I appreciate your willingness to cover this issue, John. And it's, it's an issue of immense gravity that not enough people know about yet. Uh, this issue is uh, really thwarting the entire web of life from top to bottom. And uh, it, it's, it's something that we desperately need to get out in the open. You know, the only person, really, I, I uh, be, being a, a pilot, I was standing at an airport one time with my friend, and I, and I said, look at that thing up there, and it was a big old fluffy chemtrail. 
and he said, "John, this is not normal." He's from he's from uh, Germany, and um, I said, "Let's ask this guy." The aircraft mechanic was out there, just a regular good old boy. You find a lot of those out in the airport. And I said, uh, "What do you make of that?" And he said, um, "Well, you know, I've heard that whenever you see some one, one of those, it means that uh, you you can expect a weather change." And the guy walked off, and my friend looked at me and just goes, "Unbelievable!" I said, "Isn't it?" And I spoke with a ninety-something-year-old lady sitting in her car, and I said, "Ma," at the post office, and I said, "Ma'am, excuse me, would you mind a, a question from a, a complete stranger? If <laughs> I don't take much of your time," she said, "Well, no, not at all. I wouldn't mind." I said, "What do you make of those things up there?" And she got this little wan smile on her face, and she said, "Well, it's not normal, but a person of my age." It doesn't. It doesn't do me. Um, it do, it doesn't serve me well to worry about things like that. I said I understand. I, I just wondered if anybody besides me was noticing this stuff. So Dane, take it away. Rip all the backsides you want to. We uh, we discourage people from using the f bomb, but that's about it. So just let it rip. I'm going to stay out of your way. What the hell's going on up there? I'm hearing biotics. I'm hearing uh, aluminum oxide. I'm I'm hearing barium and all this stuff. And and I, I don't know. I haven't gotten gone up there and had a sniff myself. But uh, maybe you have, so let us have it. Well, when I this is the last battle I ever wanted, John, and I as I came to the Pacific Northwest, expecting to find clean air with my off-grid home and uh, losing huge amounts of my solar uptake from this, and I started a test. Did not want to find these elements in my rain. I'd hoped maybe there was something that wasn't what it appeared to be, but in fact, it was everything it appeared to be. We had rain samples that went from an initial test of seven parts per billion for aluminum in about 2004. We've had tests since escalate in the, in the next five years as much as 50,000% from that original reading up to almost 3,500 parts per billion. This is literally toxic rain. So for those that deny this is going on, they're, they're simply either living in a bubble or they're uh, perhaps choosing to lie about the issue. We have film footage of it happening at altitude, so there's no debate that it's going on for those that try to uh, deny this issue again. And the the ramifications right now, many notice, certainly it's hard not to notice how off the weather is around the globe. We have temperature swings of 50, 60 degrees in a single day. This is completely engineered. At this point, it's really safe to say, John, that there there is no natural weather. Once you hamper the entire system as they are, it, it derails the entire climate system itself so this stuff's raining down on us and as you start to mathematically look at the quantities of this material and the human health effects which we already see that that's why i made this issue a priority john because if if you can't walk out your door without breathing this stuff in and we're seeing again human respiratory effects and so forth uh, from 2005 to 2010 we've seen respiratory mortality in the continental u.s go from eighth on the list of mortality to third that's an astronomical increase increase in that amount of time. We've seen autism since 75, and these programs have been going on, by the way, we know since at least the late 40s. We have documentation to back that up. So from, to, from 75 to April of last year, we saw autism increase 10,000%, from 1 in 5,000 to 1 in 50. So, I mean, every red flag that we would associate with this contamination is there, and the, the degree of impact to the... The biosphere is, again, uh, unquantifiable. We see species extinction rates right now, John, 200 species a day going extinct, plant and animal. These are hard statistics. Yes, there's a lot of problems on the planet. Yes, there's a lot of sources of damage. But there's nothing that mathematically compares to the impact of the climate engineering and its effect on every single one of us. And that's why, I mean, this issue to me, 
if we're breathing this stuff in, it's affecting our cognitive function. There's no question the materials there. We've done nearly 100 lab tests in Northern California alone. Lab tests are being done all over the globe. The materials there, we're breathing it. It's affecting us, our health, our cognitive function. If we can't think clearly, we're not going to deal with anything else. It's that simple. Now you got a bunch of deniers out there too. You know, uh, uh, Al Gore to me is a um, he's a very very good businessman. He's also a, a, a ridiculous dude and and an ass in my view as well. Uh, I believe, uh, and you know, an expression that didn't really uh, get much traction is "ass clown." I'm not really sure what that means, but somehow it fits, Mister Gore. And uh, no offense, Al, but that's just how I see it. I think the most intelligent thing you ever you ever did was uh, that, that I'm aware of. There may be others, but when you uh, advised Bill Clinton to get with the program, I don't even remember what that was about, but apparently he did because he's still around. Hopefully that won't last long, but I digress. He said he's not sure that spraying all this stuff up into the atmosphere uh, is going to actually be a solution to global warming, you know, a theory that he continues to cling to, but he also called it sulfur dioxide, so I think he got his catalytic converters and his... Uh, his um, spray nozzles from the backs of uh, aircraft uh, confused. So, so you've got people who who are like, I, I mean, I mean, they try and debunk this all the time, but it's undeniable. I mean, I went out one afternoon, and, and people who, who have followed uh, anything that I've done in the broadcast deal, they've heard this a few times. But I got to try it out on you. It's uh, I went out at nine in the morning on a motorcycle, and uh, I. Continued to take photographs. I began at nine and, and took photographs off and on all day. I probably had I don't know nine hundred photographs by the end of the day and watched the entire sky. These aircraft going back and forth, completely obscured with an overcast by the end of the day, and virtually all of it was created by aircraft. Period. End of story. I was there. I watched it. How is it that people can say, "Well, we're just going to debunk this. We don't. We don't think that Wigington is correct." like what the hell's the matter with people well first in regard to gore I, i'm on the same page uh, gore's the epitome of hypocrisy i think his recent comments uh, that were anti-geoengineering he's trying to distance himself from this crime as it begins to come to the light of day so uh, again gore has done exactly what the power structure has wanted him to do he's he's a part of the problem certainly on the on the quote-unquote debunking issue there's, there's several categories you can put this into, John, that people are either mentally impaired, clinically blind, or, or paid liars, or simply perhaps threatened in some cases. But the bottom line is anybody who looks up and does any deductive reasoning can see this is going on. We have film footage of it happening at altitude, and that's the end of the argument, really, John. I mean, we have films of KC-135s spraying uh, KC-10s, spraying military tankers at altitude, nozzles visible, turning on and off. We have the same material showing up on the ground that matches climate engineering patents exactly, aluminum, barium, strontium, manganese, all of these elements named in numerous geoengineering patents, about 150 in total. We have documents going back to 1966, a document I found on the NASA archives, perhaps put there in order to be found, outlining the U.S. weather mod programs as of that time with budgets in the hundreds of millions of dollars in 66, about 10 federal agencies named DOD, DOE, Department of Interior, U.S. Forest Service, you know, the list goes on. There was about 12 major universities named. I mean, there was a mountain of proof. We have congressional documents from 2013 on 
governance of geoengineering, U.S. congressional documents, you know, and these, these outlines they're putting together. So this is the biggest elephant in the room. And if you look at a satellite, you described the, si- the skies you saw, John. If you look at a satellite photo of the Earth today, it looks like a different planet than early satellite photos. If you can find any early shots, I think they're being plucked offline right now. But we have pictures of the interiors of these planes with the tank mechanisms. We have a mountain of data. I mean, denial is, is simply uh, uh, ludicrous at this point. It's interesting. One of the uh, I, I just uh, decided to take a little cruise uh, down the uh, the information superhighway. You know the internet that Gore invented, <laughs> and I decided to go to this what this one outfit called metabunk.org, where he's trying to debunk ten points of yours. So I just decided to look and see who this cat is, and this kitty cat is um, based out of Panama. And the administrator's name is Who is Guard Protected? There's a P.O. box there. Panama City, Panama. And that's it. So I think it's very interesting that someone who is, who is willing to come on there and make a big deal out of attempting to debunk your, your uh, submissions. Let's go over a few of those points that they, this dif- disinformation site, and that's exactly what they are. We know they pay for ratings on Facebook, so why sure. would anybody do that if they weren't weren't paid to do it. One of those points was global dimming that was disputed as being false. You have documentation from MIT, Scientific American, and every other agency acknowledging the global dimming, which means the amount of direct sunlight that no longer reaches the surface of the planet. I mean, this is documented um, to the gills. We have also caught Metabunk. They tried to dispute data we put out, we're metering UV, and this is another huge issue related to geoengineering that people should take note of right now. UV levels are off the scale, and we know this is the result of climate engineering. All the data indicates this is the expected results. We're seeing UVB readings that are from 1,200% to 2,000% higher than we're being told. It's enough to burn the bark off of trees. So when we put an article out about this, uh, the disinformation people tried to respond and, and say that they had a UV metering club that d- completely disputed our data. Well, when we dug into their meters, which they mistakenly showed on their their articles, they were snake cage meters, not even capable of reading UV from the sun. It was a, a complete sham from this disinformation group. And that's that's typical of these groups, John. If, if we said the world was round, they would set about proving it's flat. That's what they're paid to do. So... Again, people have to decide with their their own sense of reason what's happening, and it, it couldn't be more visible in the skies above. And when you have virtually every government around the globe talking about we, we need to geoengineer, we have to geoengineer, it's it's a, a climate change is a national security issue. You have the top U.S. brass stating on the record they consider climate change to be the greatest national security threat. Now, whatever a person feels about that is one point, but the fact is they're saying this. So if the military says this and thinks this, why in the world would we believe they're not engaged in this sort of activity when they've stated on the record their desire to, quote, own the weather? I don't know if you've seen that document, John, but there's a military document called Owning the Weather where they describe their desire to control the weather as a, quote, force multiplier. We see, we see instances of weather warfare around the globe. When Pakistan showed resistance to U.S. policy, they almost immediately found 20% of their country underwater. Thailand refused the U.S. 
an air base that the U.S. told them was for weather monitoring. I think the Thai government knew it was for weather modification. They refused and almost immediately found their country inundated with record flooding. We see Cyclone Haiyan that just cut a swath through the Philippines. U.S. went in under humanitarian pretexts, and now they're setting up bases there. We see the same thing going back to Africa, John, and even the 70s and 80s. Countries were droughted out, brought to their knees, and now you have U.S. boots on the ground there. So uh, it appears this has been a tool of weather warfare for a very long time, and not just the U.S. We have China and Russia also engaged, uh, strategically opposed, and so we have a, a tug-of-war going on in the atmosphere at the same time. It's a bad mix, John, and all of us are going to pay the price because there is real, this is not about Al Gore, there is real damage done to the climate now, and, and geoengineering is, is a huge causal factor of that, and uh, the ramifications are absolutely dire from what they're doing. Now, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, a component of these chemtrails is aluminum oxide, yes? It seems to be the primary component, yes. Okay, I just decided to go to drugs.com and, and look this up, and you probably already know this, but just for our, our listeners slash viewers. Aluminum oxide, says, is also known as alumina. It's a white crystalline powder with a chemical formula of, um, well, AI or A12023, that doesn't matter. Aluminum oxide, uh, yeah, A1203. Aluminum oxide occurs in nature as various minerals such as bauxite or corundum, has many uses in pharmaceutical and industrial manufacturing processes. Now get this part, though. It is used as an absorbent, desiccating agent, meaning drying, and catalyst, meaning it, stay, it stays the same while changing stuff uh, that's around it, and in the manufacture of dental cements. It's also available in consumer products, for example, as an abrasive in toothpaste, as a dispersing agent, food additive, and for use in hemodialysis. Now get this. Aluminum oxide is not classified as a human carcinogen, but workers chronically exposed to aluminum-containing dust or particles have developed severe pulmonary reactions, including fibrosis, emphysema, and uh, pneumothorax. Inhalation effects of short-term exposure may cause eye and upper respiratory tract irritation. Long-term inhalation effects of long-term exposure may affect the central nervous system. Now, you'll love this. Top medications containing aluminum oxide, acetaminophen and hydrocodone, amoxicillin, uh, cephalexin, clonazepam, <laughs> hydrochlorothiazide, and anyway, oxycontin, uh, oxycontin. Anyway, I'm, I'm blithering like I'm, I've just learned the language. What I'm getting at is acetaminophen is bad news. Everybody knows this, and um, and yet they continue to prescribe it. Uh, Tylenol, for example, is full of it. Uh, and so just reading that stuff there puts two or three pieces together, central nervous system damage, upper respiratory uh, problems, and on and on and on. Now, let me ask you this. Have you observed, after a, a good dose of spraying over a metropolitan area, have you noticed the people acting a little bit, they're, they're not agitated. They're, they act a little bit confused. But they're sort of getting along in traffic. But there's no, no uh, displaying of the middle digit. There's no horn honking. They just kind of sort it out and move along and sort of a, almost like ants that are on the same path. But they're, going, uh, they're ants going in opposite directions. They kind of bump into each other a little bit and then go around. They're, everything's fine. They just sort it out. They're not the usual, you know, sharp, somewhat aggressive and... Uh, 
I need to get on with this kind of drivers. Have you observed this at all? Because I have. We hear about it. We hear about it a lot. People complaining of that type of mental fogginess, mental confusion. In, in regards to the cognitive effect of aluminum, it's well documented. And this is another item of the, quote, disinfo people. They cite that aluminum is a very abundant element on the planet, 8% of the Earth's crust, and that's correct. But this is what they don't mention. Aluminum does not exist in the environment in free form. As you just mentioned, it's always bonded to other elements. It doesn't blow around in the wind in bioavailable free form, period. So when we have aluminum coming down on us, and we absolutely positively do, we have had no tests come up negative in Northern California, and most of our tests are extremely high. So we know it's there. We know we're breathing it. We know it matches the geoengineering patents exactly. We know we're seeing solar obscuration, which is the express goal of climate engineering in the sky. And as far as the effects of aluminum on the human organism, there is almost no human ailment that you cannot connect in some way, shape, or form to toxic heavy metal exposure like aluminum. Now when you start to combine these metals, John, when you they're, they're all lethal in and of themselves, but when you start to combine metals, the toxicity goes up exponentially. We have reports and study in the case of aluminum and mercury. We all have mercury in us. Now we all have aluminum in us, period. We all do. There, there's no debate about that. The combination of these two metals can increase toxicity as much as 10,000%. And if people think they can hide from this or perhaps they think wherever they're at, maybe they haven't looked up, they think they're not spraying, not true. We have a study from 2010 from 1,000 whales from the most remote places on planet Earth. And the report said, and I quote, the whales had jaw-dropping levels of aluminum in their fat tissue. This stuff is everywhere. You can't escape it. It's, it's being uptaken in our food. It's bioavailable. Again, it's contaminating the planet from the clouds to the ground, tearing the ozone layer apart, which in and of itself can end life on Earth. Uh, the increased ozone now is killing plankton. We're global plankton stocks down 50%. Plankton supplies 50 to 60% of Earth's oxygen content. Again, from every direction, the roads lead back to climate engineering, and it's, it's literally ripping apart Earth's life support systems. Dane, I don't know if you remember this old TV series that Patrick McGowan put together um, in the late 60s. It's still, it's still around here and there, called The Prisoner. There was one episode called The General. It was this supercomputer. You could get a six-hour history course in 30 seconds flat or something like that. They just op- upload these programs into your head. And uh, McGowan blew the machine up by uh, typing a question in. And the question is, W-H-Y question mark. And it blew the general up. So that's my question, W-H-Y question mark. That's a multi-layered question. And if I can trace this back to the core, it always comes down to power and control, always. And, and power is an addiction that cannot be satisfied. Controlling the weather, it, it, this is a, a perceived godlike power over the planet. And this has certainly been on the agenda of those in power forever. So when we trace these programs back to the the late 40s and their desired application for strategic purposes, by the time you get to the 60s in this 80-page document I mentioned earlier, which people can look at if they they go to geoengineeringwatch.org or they Google 1966 government document geoengineering, the stated purpose in this document was to decide where there was excess rain, where there was deficiencies in, in rain, and basically to play God with the weather. Now... As you do this decade after decade, the climate system begins to break down, to break apart. And the typical military-industrial complex response is to just do more of what they're doing to compensate. 
So if, if pounding your head on the wall starts to hurt, you just need to pound harder. That's, that's their attitude. And as we, as we go on through time, again, it's impossible at this point to ignore the effects you just mentioned about people's response when they're sprayed. When you have a population that's getting increasingly distressed and restless, this is really inarguably a, a part of these programs likely at this point that, that dumbing down the populations, reducing how many neurons they're firing on, making them more docile. I, I think we have enough data to conclude that that's a part of this program too. So you have weather modification purposes. You have an attempt to hide damage already done to the climate by continuing to engineer even more. And you have, uh, again, the, the military industrial strategic purposes. You have, uh, this sort of in, uh, interaction between opposing countries now. So you, you have a, a lot of layers to this onion, again, and you can't put it in one box. A lot of people try, but you just can't put it in one box because there's there's a lot of aspects to this, and many we probably don't know, but certainly in the from biological experimentation to weather warfare to trying to manipulate weather in a way to, to hide the damage already done to the climate system, all the above. Let me ask you this. I don't know these things, so I just toss these questions out there, and some of them, some of them may be good questions, and some some of them may not. But you, nobody can get a really a straight answer about uh, harp. It's a uh, you know well, it's a uh, what what I've been able to figure out is that that if you if you transmit the oil companies use these for years, if you transmit a thirty watt uh, broadcast signal into the ground, you'll get a ping back. You'll get a return signal and tell you if you're looking at water or looking at gas or looking at so, you know, salt dome or oil or whatever. And I'm thinking, well, if you broadcast a billion watts into the ground, you're liable to get yourself an earthquake. I mean, who really knows? And then it's like, well, it's a communications device bounced off the ionosphere, and then we can actually see into the ground. Uh, maybe they're using it to check out underground um, facilities and wonderful places in the world like China, India, Russia, places like that. But then I thought, hmm, if we're full of aluminum... And aluminum is a conductor. Now, it's just aluminum oxide, but maybe in sufficient concentrations. If it is a catalyst, maybe it hooks up with something else in the bloodstream. I, I don't know. I, I wish I did, but I don't. And then you put a pulsed um, radio beam originating from something as powerful as harp. I mean, do the people just go and just disappear into the proverbial puff of smoke? I mean, can you insert voices into their heads, as has been alleged over and over by various sources? I mean, some some of the people who allege these things, I mean, they may have they have mild may have mild to profound neurosis, maybe even a little touch of psychosis. I don't know. But even people who do uh, find themselves afflicted with things like that, that that doesn't mean that they don't accurately come up with something every once in a while. So, I mean, what are the chances that harp and chemtrails are being used in conjunction? Uh, I don't think there's any question about that. The two systems are inseparable. As you saturate the atmosphere with conductive particulates, again, aluminum, barium, strontium, manganese, and other particulates, you make the atmosphere more conductive, period. In in some cases, as much as 400% more conductive. There's absolutely no debate, no question that we are inhaling these particles. There's no question that they are entering our systems. You have internationally recognized experts like Dr. Russell Blaylock, who makes clear that these particulates are so small that they're absorbed right through the lung lining. They go straight into the bloodstream where they adhere to cell receptors like a plaque. 
and that is making us more conductive, as you correctly stated. So the effect of these RF frequency signals on us can be debated, but I don't think it can be debated that it's all negative, all harmful. And as far as the interaction of HARP with the weather modification programs, again, the two are inseparable. We see jet stream manipulation now that can really only be attributed to HARP. And you have the entire scientific community scratching their heads trying to figure out how this jet stream movement is occurring. It's, it's completely unprecedented while they ignore the elephant in the room. I mean, it's, it's a very perplexing state of affairs right now, John, where we have almost the entire science community virtually denying what is so patently obvious in our skies. And I, I don't think they can hide this much longer, by the way. I, I, I truly don't. The damage done right now is so cataclysmic to the climate, and they continue on with these programs uh, fueling that fire that uh, climate engineering, again, tearing the climate system apart. So uh, from, from all directions, again, that, that's one more aspect of these programs, that as we become more conductive, what sort of effects they can achieve on the human organism we can debate but I think it's safe to say it's all negative. It's enhanced by the fact that we're more conductive, as I stated, and and their ability to heat the ionosphere. And for those that don't fully understand HARP, the it, it's the acronym is High Frequency Active Auroral Research Program. It's an ionosphere heater. There's we think at least 26 large ground-based facilities around the globe, an unknown number of smaller facilities. There's sea-based facilities called SBX radar. It looks like a giant floating golf ball on oil derrick. All of these, and even opposing installations in, in, again, strategically opposed countries. So these installations, in the case of HARP, up to 3 billion watts of power, causes a, an electrical chain reaction in the ionosphere that can heat it to, to tens of thousands of degrees Fahrenheit over areas hundreds of square miles. I mean, they're, they're literally blowing holes in the atmosphere in order to try to manipulate weather, maneuver the jet stream, perhaps trigger seismic activity, as you correctly stated also, John. So, again, this is a, a mix of complete insanity. Geoengineering can arguably be the, the single greatest assault on the planet, period. I don't think that is arguable. So, again, from every direction, that's why I focused on this issue, because although we face a lot of challenges, the threat to each of us and the planet as a whole from climate engineering cannot be overstated. It's an assault from every direction on every aspect of the planet that supports life from top to bottom. Alrighty then. I'll tell you what. If you don't mind, let's just go back through to the to the best of of uh, your knowledge. Are are there any biotics contained in these chemtrails? We we we've heard barium, so that's probably a pretty safe bet. Aluminum oxide, yes, definitely. What about biotics? Uh, I've heard some uh, some allegations of biotics being included into the um, chem chemtrail plumes from uh, the UK primarily. There's also reports of that from the Carnicom Institute here in the States. And I've spoken with some of their reps who told me that what they have found in some of their samples, in their opinion, appears to be absolutely engineered with various traits of, of, of fungal and, and you know, biological aspects that are not natural in the environment. Now, to carry that out further, an effect that we see that appears to be directly related to the spraying and or whatever biological experimentation that there might be going on. I mentioned the species extinction rate earlier, 200 plus a day of plant and animal. 70 to 80% of that extinction is fungally related. Chronic sinusitis now epidemic around the globe, according to the Mayo Clinic, 
90 to 95% of that is fungally related. So when you kill all the beneficial microbes, whether it's in the human body or in the environment, undesirable organisms take over. So if the Cardicom Institute is indeed seeing engineered pathogens, and why would we not think it's there when we have maybe a dozen and a half well-documented instances of the U.S. government doing biological experimentation on innocent populations? Why in the world would we think this isn't going on? And I, I was witness once, John, to a KC-135. I, I live in a very remote area, again, and I'm on, on a mountaintop in an evening when there was a rare blanket of fog above the northernmost city in California, which is Redding. And I saw a KC-135 dumping, absolutely dumping, on the deck, six, 7,000 feet up over Redding, again, when this blanket of fog was there. Otherwise, it probably would have caught some attention even in, in the city. Whatever that was, whatever they were doing, it wasn't about weather modification. And now we have a, a chronic illness rate in Northern California of almost 50%. So, again, why would we think this isn't going on, given we have people like David Rockefeller stating on the record 95% of the people need to go? And, you know, and the military never does anything for one purpose. I mean, they're, they're trying to modify the weather, use it as a weapon, slow down the public's ability to think clearly at the same time. All these things are connected. So, yes, I think that there's no question that there's likely biological experimentation going on. Why do you imagine, Dane, that uh, the news media will only cover this? Of course, we know that the mainstream news media is largely uh, worthless. I'm sorry, but it is. They don't cover anything that, uh, oh, local issues, or, you know, this person got put upon. Oh, okay, I get all those little human interest stories. That, that's probably the most valuable part of the programming. It beats all the car wrecks they used to show when, when we were um, kids, when I was a kid. That was, that's all you saw were car wrecks. Of course, that was before Vietnam. But uh, why, why does it get no play in the media at all? Why, why is anyone who actually pays attention regarded as some sort of an idiot who, who has uh, uh, an enhanced sense of awareness uh, to the point of paranoia? Well, certainly our society has been dumbed down to an unbelievable degree. And, and first, as an example of that, I, I recently watched an experiment where they took 30 people into a hotel conference room, 29 of which were aware of the experiment, one that wasn't. They pumped smoke into the room, and they, put, they turned the smoke alarms on. One person got up, the one who wasn't aware, and looked around in alarm. But when the other 29 people didn't flinch, didn't move, even though it looked like the building was burning to the ground, she sat back down and ignored what was happening. So I think that's a testimony to just how programmed people are. We talked off the air about honor being really the only thing any of us own, and I think there's precious little of that in our society today. So in regards to media, why they don't cover this, and I I know this is the case with certain scientists that I know, they simply think somehow if they ram their head in the sand, they'll keep their job, and all this will go away. And there seems to be no sense of responsibility toward the whole. So in the case of media, they self-censor. In many cases, I think there's sometimes orders from on high that come down that demand that they do not touch this issue. In fact, we spoke to a Fox News meteorologist off the record who said that they are being taken into rooms and told not to touch this issue. I just heard about a cardiologist we're trying to follow up on that was fired in L.A., we're trying to bring up the point that this climate engineering is probably the source of the off-the-chart respiratory issues happening everywhere. He was fired. He said another one was demoted. We're trying to get them to speak on the record. So we have a society that's petrified, that seems to think they can live in a bubble and, and not have to face this issue. And so they self-censor or in some cases are ordered to censor. I know that's the case from some major university scientists that I've, I've talked to. One in particular from a major U.S. university 
that said she's been taken into a room twice and told if you talk about this issue, there'll be consequences. What does that mean? She, she still doesn't know. So, uh, again, it's a, it's a very strange state of affairs when we can have this going on in front of our face, literally collapsing the biosphere, making all of us sick, and people seem to keep marching toward the edge of the cliff. It's, it's perplexing and profound, truly. I'm trying to find this article. I just I just saw it within the last couple of days that uh, scientists was on Drudge Report and um, and of course Drudge is an aggregate site for those of you who don't visit it. You should uh, because it'll take you everywhere. But anyway, I digress. A uh, little plug for Matt. Yeah, I think he's a pretty cool guy, frankly, um, and a genius. The scientists of the day are considering a sunbrella. Yes, a space-based umbrella to shield the earth from the sun's rays to reduce global warming. Now, you, com- you combine this with an article from uh, Charles Krauthammer that I think is one of the most rational thinkers of our time. He's a borderline Emerson in some ways. And he said that 110,000 signatures on a petition were delivered to the Washington Post demanding that all articles objecting to or questioning this global warming, climate change, guff, be banned, because these 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 idiots. I'm using the word idiots. They can't just look at the science. They can't look at the fraud behind their 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 so-called science. So rather than have a debate, they just want the debate banned. Now, what does this tell us? It tells me that the ones on the hard left. I'm trying to bring as many of them into some sort of, of rational thinking mode to turn loose of the emotional component and just look at the known facts. But they seem to be a, a component of, of destruction to, to all of these systems, to the telling of truth, to the revelation of, of, of uh, new facts. I, I don't get it. I mean, how do you... I mean, what do you make of that? All weather is created by unequal heating of the Earth's surface by the what sun? Sunspot activity is at a 100-year low. So where do they get this stuff anyway? It's just stupid, and they keep, they keep well, where do they get it? You know where they get it. But uh, they keep repeating it, and they, and they sucked a bunch of people into believing them because they're so strident in their, in their opposition to our debunking of their whole damn idiotic global warming theory. Let me let me put this into context <laughs> in the middle road. First, the environmental groups as a whole are the most in denial, the most apathetic, and the most unhelpful for trying to bring the climate engineering to light. Uh, I've met with, for example, the head of the Sierra Club in Northern California, served up mountains of data, which apparently went into the, the trash can. So they're, while they're... Uh, mowing the proverbial lawn, if you will, the house is burning down from geoengineering. So if we take the climate engineering alone and look at what that has done to the climate, it has done real and tangible damage. For example, climate engineering alters upper-level wind currents, as we described. That, in turn, alters ocean currents. Now we have warmer water from the Atlantic being pumped into the Arctic, likely as a direct result of the climate engineering hindrance. That is thawing methane on the seafloor, which is now releasing with such ferocity it's breaking up some of the sea ice. So we can, if we look at just the climate engineering alone, it has absolutely done very, very significant damage to the planet on the 
the ozone layer, which I described earlier, for UV levels, John, we have, we're, we are told by all major agencies, no more than 5% of incoming UV should be UVB. That's the more lethal band. And no UVC. UVC is the last band of UV before we hit X-ray. So we're told that stops 100,000 feet up in the atmosphere. We know positively when you put particulates in the atmosphere, it shreds the ozone layer, period. Now we have an ozone layer that is so, so damaged that we have UVB levels that are, again, 1,200 to 2,000% higher than we're being told. And we're even getting UVC on the surface. So if we take, again, just the impact from climate engineering alone, that has, in fact, done real and tangible damage to the climate. And we look at the goal of geoengineering, as you stated in, in what you just read, to create a reflective layer around the planet as if increasing the Earth's albedo, its reflectivity, is the only thing that's needed to have a life support system on a planet. That's absolutely patently false. If we look at Venus, Venus's albedo, Venus's reflectivity, is two and a half times the reflectivity of Earth. And Venus is... People think Venus is 900 degrees on the surface because it's, it's proximity to the sun. This is not true. Mathematically, Venus would be 20 to 25 degrees warmer than Earth, all things being equal. Instead, it's 900 degrees. So even with two and a half times the reflectivity on Venus, even though Venus absorbs far less of the sun's thermal energy than Earth, Venus is a cooked, dead planet. So the very premise of climate engineering can't work, and it traps more heat than it deflects. We know this. NASA has even confirmed this from the aircraft trails, which they don't acknowledge for what they are. So if we look at climate engineering alone, then we see significant damage done to the Earth's climate system. So aside from any other reason, all of us, I would hope, can unite on that issue, that climate engineering is the, I believe, based on all available data, the single greatest threat to all life on Earth right now. And it is doing significant damage to the climate system. When you have temperature swings... Uh, Amarillo, Texas last year, John, was 100 degrees on the ground May 1st. 100 degrees, all-time record high for the day. It snowed the next day. You can't have that without climate engineering. Did you see the ice balls on Lake Michigan, Michigan, John? Have you seen that phenomenon? Oh, yes. Okay, we didn't have that prior to about three years ago. That's a direct result of artificial ice nucleation for weather modification. We know those chemicals are in the frozen precipitation because we've lab tested it. So when you have chemical ice nucleating agents being laid down to chemically free water, it changes the whole equation. It, it, the, the whole weather dynamic is, is thrown off kilter. We had ice on our ponds here in Northern California for three weeks with pond water at 40 degrees, nighttime lows plus 40 degrees, daytime highs at 65 degrees. How in the hell can you have ice on, on water at those temperatures? It's well, chemically nucleated. Well, bro, I mean, Dane, sorry. I didn't mean to bro you or dude you. No problem. <laughs> Well, what about the what what about the ice uh, chunks that were uh, burning and scorched to black? These people brought in some. I mean, there was a YouTube video on. They got the, this ice that fell from the sky, and they're going, "Look at this!" And they they started trying to burn it, and um, it, it didn't melt. It didn't melt, but it was getting black scorch marks on it. I'm going, hmm, "Now there's something you don't see every day." <laughs> Say, this is where they got the idea for baked Alaska, right? No. <laughs> I did a whole article on that, and I hope, again, I hope people go to Geoengineering Watch because I actually have uh, articles there on the what they're spraying in the chemical snow mix with lab tests included in the articles, video lab tests, two minutes long, that show chemical ice nucleation and biological ice nucleation, and that these nucleators are so powerful that you can see in a beaker when you mix barium hydroxide with ammonium 
it can drop temperatures in a lab beaker almost 100 degrees instantly. And there's also lab tests with a few drops of biological ice nucleating agent, which there's patents for. It freezes the entire vessel of water instantly. You can turn it upside down instantly. This is real technology. It exists. What you described with the snow, John, is called sublimation. That's what we would expect with a chemically nucleated ice material. Just like dry ice, it converts from a solid to a gas and bypasses the liquid state. And again, that's called sublimation. So we saw the same thing here in the pond water ice I just described to you. As it sat in the pond surface, it lowered the pond level significantly in two weeks, about two to three feet, because that those chemical nucleators were still reacting with that water, and it virtually gasses the water right out of the pond. In the case of the Great Lakes, these ice boulders, that's what you have. When, as you have a nucleation element in the middle, it's, it tends to build around it and, and makes these spheres. And, and we have entities like, for example, the Weather Channel. I want to use them for an example because they're nothing more than paid liars at this point. That's exactly what they are. They read their script given to them from on high. If you trace Weather Channel back to its ownership, Bain Capital, Rothschilds, it's it's the same people lead back to Raytheon, the people doing the climate engineering. So you have the foxes running the hen house. All the modeling is done for National Weather Service and NOAA by Raytheon, the people doing the climate engineering. So you have the message virtually controlled from the bottom to the top. And their job is to, for example, explain away this completely unnatural snow. Their job is to explain away the never-before-seen ice boulders in Lake Michigan. Their job is to explain away how it can snow at 45 and 50 degrees. It's simply a disinformation machine that's been uh, built with huge amounts of resources to try to hide this elephant in the room. And, And people better wake the hell up because right now, again, we're all getting sicker by the day. Our climate system is being pulled apart at the seams, literally. People should know that from the weather around them. And this is a fight for life, nothing short. Well, let me ask you this. Let's say it is a huge depopulation plan, and I, I suspect it is. I, I suppose, uh, jumping ahead of my question, it could be that you're not wearing your mask. Why are you not wearing Why? Oh, pardon me, wrong. Why are you wearing Did you wear a mask? How were you able to defeat the effects of these, these chemtrails? Get in the van, right? So, in other words, are there countermeasures that can be taken to protect your health? Uh, uh, you know, something maybe, I mean, is this, can this stuff be chelated out of your system? Um, is, is there any point? Is it too widespread? I mean, is there, a, how much, how much ha- a cane do we have to raise before we get somebody's attention? Or are we just uh, re- taking a bio break of, up a rope with all of this? Irreparable damage has been done to all of us and the environment already. And in regard to being able to filter this out generally speaking it can't be done the particles are too small we're talking about nanoparticulates and this is why for a lot of people they wonder well if this was happening EPA would certainly tell us or show us again all these organizations are set up to hide these issues and to to make people have the false impression that there's some sort of monitoring being done so at best you see air monitoring agencies like EPA checking for PM 2.5, 2.5 microns at best. We're talking about particles that are exponentially smaller. You can't filter them out with any normal uh, commercially available masks or filters. They infiltrate to everything. They're uptaken in all organisms. I mean, the lethality of these particles cannot be overstated. And when people, as far as those that would roll their eyes at any notion of depopulation, 
we can say this for certain. We know this material is there. The lab tests prove it again and again and again. We know how lethal it is. We know those spraying the materials know how lethal it is. We have Air, Air Force reports from the late 90s discussing the lethality of these particulates being used for weather modification. So there's no question they know what they're doing to us. That's, it's that simple, and they continue to do it. So uh, as, as hard as that might be to palate for certain people that this is an attempt to dumb down and ultimately depopulate, it's hard to argue. Now, again, but it doesn't fit only in that box. This is certainly a climate issue as well. They're using this for, again, weather modification. And it also appears, John, and this is an element of what I mentioned earlier, I mentioned the changed wind currents, which changes ocean currents, warm water pumping into the Atlantic. Now we have an ice breakup there that is occurring. It appears that the climate engineering is a very misguided, very destructive response to try to shade the sun over the Arctic, which is trapping more heat than it deflects, making it a, a situ- the situation worse, which it caused to begin with. So you have a lot of different aspects to this equation, none of them positive, none of them uh, benevolent in any way, shape, or form, but there's a lot of aspects to this all the way around. But you can't hide from it. You can keep, you can chelate your system to some degree, but uh, that's a constant and, and very diligent effort necessary for that. There are some risks, and the bottom line is if we're constantly exposed to the source, uh, it's not going to matter for that much longer. I mean, our systems will break down because this is a non-linear equation. The human body can take so much, and when it reaches its breaking point, it breaks down rather quickly. And you mentioned the cancer projections, um, I would say that that's even conservative compared to what we're heading toward if we continue to be exposed to this. Well, all right, if it continues unabated, how long before the uh, the symptoms are going to be absolutely undeniable to anyone who has an IQ above, say, 40? I think we're there. I Either mean, really. it, for, those, for those who are willing to acknowledge reality I mean, how, how many statistics do we need now we know that one in three seniors in the u.s dies with alzheimer's and or dementia not dies from it but dies with it i, I have a friend who's the head neurologist in the north county or the north state uh, he's alarmed at his patients that are coming in that are now cognitively dysfunctional how many people do you talk to who say they're they feel foggy they can't seem to clear their head um this is it's happening to all of us it's it's and a lot of people tend to think dichotomously with, with too many things. It's either this or that, or we're either here or there. All of us are in between a healthy diagnosis and a diagnosis of one of these ailments. We're all somewhere in the middle, those of us that don't already have a diagnosis. And very soon we'll be on the wrong end of that equation if we continue to be exposed. Again, the amount of materials falling on us is increasing by the day. We're hearing from people all over the globe, from places as remote as Tasmania, New Zealand, virtually everywhere the spraying is getting worse everywhere and fast so they they are ramping things up and i would argue as this climate engineering becomes impossible to hide and i think we're nearing that point because there are people uh, we're hearing from senators in italy that are screaming for disclosure Uh, there's a lawsuit in sweden it's going it's getting hard to hide this but once the population knows once they understand they've been a part of this lethal experiment and there's been damage done to themselves, their families that cannot be repaired. I think you're going to have a population that's foaming at the mouth and, and looking for who to hang. And I, I think the power structure knows this. I think that's part of why they're digging in, stocking up with 2.2 billion rounds of 40 caliber hollow point. That's why they're pushing things in uh, in Europe and, and, and with toppling countries and chasing resources and 
a lot of things are coming to a head. But again, the climate issue alone, or this uh, atmospheric spraying, the climate engineering issue, once people know, I think you're going to have a population that will be trying to hunt down whoever was responsible. And I think that the power structure knows this. Stop reading my mind repeatedly. <laughs> uh, no, no, it, actually, it's okay. Do you know, I just read an article uh, yesterday, last night, that the, the post office is buying a great big metric dumper load of ammunition. NOAA, that's old news, but the, the, the National Oce, what, uh, Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, they're armed. And in fact, uh, I can't even write, I go through so many articles and, and I don't take notes. I just put it all in my head and then I toss them out to people who, who make it their lives and spend their, their uh, make it, make it their, their life's work and then spend their lifetime investigating these things. It's, it, it is written in our, in, in some of the, the founding documents. I don't know if it's in the Constitution or whatever, but, it, but there is a warning from the founding fathers. I wish to, I wish I could call it, might help some credibility here, but, Whenever you begin having different layers of policing agencies within your government, you know, one after another, where every government department is, in fact, a little self-contained uh, a police department on its own, you, you got trouble. And look, I, I, I guess I have to say that I'm making, making it my life's work to just sing out and get people to at least look at it. It's like your your life, the money that you're making, the children that you've had, the, the children that your children may have, this is all in jeopardy right now. It is it really, really is. Look at look at what is happening and look at the action that, that we as individuals are taking or are not taking and, and ask yourself, why are you making this terrible mistake of remaining in, in this state of denial? Denial is simply the blanking of unsavory facts. Well, there are a number of unsavory facts out there that bloody well need to be faced and dealt with. So that, that, that's my speech. I'm sure it'll be very effective, but uh, but I have to say it. They do need to be dealt with. And I, for those that choose to turn away or don't want to face these they, these issues that they would state are too depressing. Again, I would argue that if, if you're standing in the middle of the interstate, you're better off facing traffic than turning your back to it. And uh, it, it gives you a much better chance. In regard to agencies like the post office, what's interesting in, in relation to climate engineering, the post office has stamps now that name aerosol clouds, artificial aerosol clouds, as if they're some sort of natural phenomenon. We have clouds named now in recent years that didn't exist before. Undulatus apparatus is one such cloud that's, that's filmed commonly now because the atmosphere, again, getting back to the, the damage actually done to the planet and the climate system from geoengineering, and this should not be ignored. And even though the, the all the climate science community is illegitimately talking about the state of the climate because they are not addressing the biggest issue of all, which is climate engineering, the greatest damaging factor of all, climate engineering. So when we have, you, you named correctly earlier, John, that these particles are desiccants. So now we see no dew in Northern California. Our humidities are a fraction of what they were or what they should be. Our rainfall is a fraction of what it should be. We have satellite images that we post on geoengineeringwatch.org of blanket spraying off the California coast. This blocks the hydrological cycle, period. It's a two plus two equals four equation. We have the science on this. So in regard to, again, what's happening with the climate and its relation to climate engineering, Climate engineering is decimating the planet and is 
is causing horrific impacts that, that need to be examined. And in the forests of Northern California, for example, forests that are naturally a carbon sink, they absorb carbon as they should. Now we have forests that are dead and dying as a direct result of a blocked hydrological cycle from climate engineering. So now we have forests that are releasing carbon instead of absorbing it as they should. As uh, whatever carbon is produced by human activity, the forest would naturally compensate by absorbing more of that carbon. They can't now. They can't because of geoengineering. So these forests are being droughted out. The rain they do get is toxic. The UV levels are so high now, it's scorching the trees. It's a, it's a very bad combination. And then you have this incendiary dust. All these metal particulates are incendiaries. They coat the foliage. Now you have more lightning, more dry lightning, because the atmosphere is more conductive and the rainfall is, in a sense, dispersed because of the particulates in the atmosphere. They, they, they form too many condensation nuclei, disperses rain. So you have much more dry lightning, much drier forests, this incendiary dust, the forests are burning to the ground. You have plankton dying again from the UV, which I talked about. So you have very, very real impacts to the climate that are immeasurably massive from climate engineering. So it's uh, from from every aspect of human health to destruction of the biosphere and the planet's atmosphere, its life support systems, again, the, all the roads lead back to climate engineering. Dane, has anyone uh, tried to uh, approach this uh, this problem by uh, by um, using the Freedom of Information Act at all? I, I was just looking at a video on your on your site that the, uh, the crew put up there. It looks <clears throat> it looks to me like there's a flying saucer spraying some. We'll get into that in a minute. But what, what about Freedom of Information Act? Can we not get any uh, any data that we can use? I don't know that it's been pursued effectively yet. Again, there's a lawsuit going on in, in Sweden, but we just we simply have not had anybody with the the knowledge of the resources to go after that. And the few of us that there are trying to sound the alarm, like myself, I'm simply spread so thin trying to wake up a critical mass of awareness so such wheels can start to turn. And when we see the, when we have such a, an infrastructure built on trying to hide this issue, agencies like Weather Channel, Weather Central, all owned by the same central agencies, it's, it's been it's been difficult so far to reach the point where we have enough people involved where such wheels can be put into motion as you described so we, we need to get to that point quickly because time is not on our side again the kind of damage being done from climate engineering is not a linear equation you can't just turn it off and everything goes back to normal they are doing real and horrific damage to us to the climate to the biosphere sterilizing soils you can't grow any you almost can't grow a garden in northern california right now john the native plants aren't even growing and uh, if the grass, once it gets out of the ground, if you get enough rain to sprout anything, it singes in the UV that is, again, literally burning the bark off of trees. We, 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 I've posted articles with photos of trees in our, our city here, which was known for its trees, dead branches scattered in them everywhere, the bark completely fried off the south-southwest side. Uh, you have ranchers that can't grow any hay. You have orchards being torn out in the most fertile valley in the country. It's a very bad situation and getting worse by the day. And I, I had a meeting about eight weeks ago at the state capitol with the lieutenant governor and his aide. And I presented as much data as I could. I believe they know this is going on. But, but what we have is a, a state government that's being kept afloat by the central banks. California has a $40, 50000000000 billion deficit every year. And nobody asks the question, where does that deficit go every year? It seems to disappear. And it, and it seems the state is literally being kept afloat by, like the markets, like everything else, by printed Fed money. So everybody bites their lip, 
doesn't say a thing while the ship is going down. Agencies from Fish and Game, for example, that's now they no longer test for aluminum. What a coincidence. And all the runoff tests they do, they test for everything you can imagine, but they don't test for aluminum anymore. State water quality stopped testing for aluminum in 2002. The whole system is set up like this. I, I've had a high-level meeting California EPA with five top people in a closed-door room arranged by a congressional rep told in my face, system is rigged, we test for combustion particulates only, the rest of the samples go out the window. It's hard to make progress in an environment like that. It's going to take all of us from the grassroots level. All right. All right, I got a couple more for you, and then I know you got to go, but um, uh, let me ask you something. Most of the spraying that I have observed is being done from aircraft that are painted sort of a, a very light, very light gray, almost white, which um, uh, last time I checked, the Department of Defense uses aircraft that are painted that color. And I'm just wondering, um, are advanced, shall we say, aircraft doing this also? We, we know... We know that these UFOs, these triangles, these these big barges, these saucers, the we we know they exist. It's it's like this is this is out of the realm of the paranormal. Uh, it's uh it, it's not it's not paranormal. It's becoming increasingly more normal. Uh, it may be uh, uh, it, it may have been uh, these things may have been deemed anomalies in the past, but they're absolutely unbleeping deniable now. So I, to to <laughs> to uh, simplify my question are them ufos up there spraying this stuff too dane i've never seen any film footage of anything like that that i've seen some that appear to be dropped perhaps spheres that have been dropped from aircraft but as far as actual tangible undeniable film footage we have we have kc-135s kc-10s military aircraft we've identified from the ground with flight tracker 24 commercial carriers that are dispersing also american airlines southwest klm now i'm not implicating the pilots or personnel necessarily for those companies but their aircraft appear to be being used for these programs and we see an outline for that john called project cloverleaf i encourage anybody to look that up it appears to be an outline to use commercial carriers for this spray disbursement it, it accomplishes a couple things for the power structure. It keeps non-profitable airlines flying, which artificially stimulates the economy, and it, it's a more covert way to keep aircraft in the air and spraying. So these are the types of aircraft that we have film footage of spraying, and, and it's it's the most undeniable. Again, so uh, there may be other things going on, other aircraft being used, but we have numerous videos right in the front cover of geoengineeringwatch.org. In fact, in the case of... Uh, I, th- I think there's a AWACS planes there and a C-17 Globemaster, huge cargo plane. You can see these planes very, very close, turning on and off. There, there's no denying they're spraying. So I try to stand on the, the absolute rock-solid data we have, and, and that's the bottom line. The spraying's going on. We're breathing it. It's tearing the, the, the atmosphere apart, the, poisoning the biosphere. This is, this is an emergency of the first order. So I, there may be other things going on, but, I, again, I, I'll focus on the – the best film footage we have, which is identifiable aircraft. Okay, that'll work. That, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Some of the ones that I see are, are uh, they look like big Falcon jets. I, I'm not really sure what they are, but it looks like a, one of those really. I mean, it's just a just a little bit bigger than a really nice, uh, fairly high capacity corporate jet. It, it really kind of looks like a like a big Falcon. Um, you know, the the dishole. But anyway, let me ask you this: How can people help? you or do you even want any help in other words i think it's probably better to rely on 
1% of the efforts of 100 people than to try and, and, and commit 100% of your own efforts. You're going to burn out, and you're not going to be able to keep doing it. So if you if you did want assistance in, in uh, gathering information or or, uh, or submitting it to you, if you did, uh, first is do you, and then it's how. We're absolutely desperate for assistance. I'm putting in 80 hours a week, and the kind of assistance we need is this. We need people to help us sound the alarm and do that with credible data. Don't just run out in the street and rant and point at the sky. On the cover of Geoengineering Watch, we have credible, thought-out color flyers that you can download for free and print locally. Have something like that with you. It's a very inexpensive way to introduce people to this dire issue, and, and it's, it's much more effective than trying to verbally pass anything on. Another website, hugely helpful tool called skyderalert.com, S-K-Y-D-E-R alert.com. There's a, a downloadable app there that actually sends out notices to your local legislators wherever you are. You can photograph what you see in the sky and send that to them immediately. It's done by a guy named George Barnes. He's a filmmaker. He's a, he's a, a very committed person in this battle. He's done a film called Look Up, also available on that site. That film was narrated by William Baldwin. It's won about nine film awards so far. And again, that's an excellent tool. So people need to learn a little bit about this issue. They don't have to become an expert, but you need to know a little bit about it and have credible data to pass on. So what people can do, John, and there's also another link on the front of Geoengineering Watch called Flaming Arrow. It's, it's a prepackaged introduction letter with links already in it. So people can send that out to autism groups, Alzheimer's groups, uh, forestry groups, ag groups, organic groups, and start a spot fire of awareness with that group. Give them a heads up. This is going on above your head. It's you know its implications are absolutely grave. We need people to help us start spot fires of awareness so that we can get a blaze going that's too big for the the controlled media to suppress because they're trying very hard to suppress it. I was just told the Washington Post is hiring 22 meteorologists for the express purpose of trying to debunk or, or hide the the aerosol operations, the geoengineering, and, and HARP. I mean, they, they can't even afford journalists. How the hell are they able to afford this? I don't know. So, now, who's doing this? I, I was just told the Washington Post is hiring some big crew. Now, I, I need to look into this as well, but I, so I can't verify that fact. But uh, in the case of, for example, Weather Channel, we see everything they do, their job is to explain away the completely engineered as completely natural. So people need to use their sense of... of uh, reason when it's 80 degrees one day and snowing the next and 80 the day after that that's not natural weather in any way shape or form and the elements in our snow completely unnatural completely toxic so people need to understand this is this is a fight that all of us belong in all of us and, and in my opinion based on all available data if we don't deal with this fight nothing else is going to matter all right all well, by no, the day. i'm sorry i cut you off the last little bit I, I just We're all getting sicker by the day. Our cognitive function is being reduced by the day, and there is no debate. This stuff's in the air. We're breathing it. We have too many lab tests to even begin to count, which people can also look at at geoengineeringwatch.org. There's no debate. There's, this stuff's in the air. We're breathing it. it. It will have this effect on us. And even with things like Fukushima and all these other disasters that we face, I would argue again, if we can't think clearly, we will face no challenge. And this is absolutely the effect of these materials on the human organism. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, let me uh, let me make sure I've got this uh, this right. Skyder Alert, S-K-Y-D-E-R Alert.com, yeah? 
That's right. All right, and that's George Barnes? Correct. And is that flamingarrow.com? No, that's just a, that's just simply a link on the cover of Geoengineering Watch. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, it's just simply a link. People will see there, there's, a, there's an activist suggestion sheet. There's the free flyer downloads. I mean, the materials are there, and, and we need people to arm themselves, get up off the bench, and, and arm themselves with credible data and start start alerting those who just simply don't know about this. And there's a lot of those people, unfortunately, who don't know about this. But uh, we're trying to change that. Awareness is growing, but it's not growing fast enough because the damages that are mounting from from the constant spraying is unquantifiable already, and it's getting worse by the day, John. I got you. Listen, I, uh, I want to put a – is it all right with you if I put a link uh, from Caravan to Midnight to your site? Please. Going to do that? All right, caravanners, when we get to the Oasis, we're going to pull over pretty soon. Got a homework assignment for you. I want you to get into this. Stop believing this rubbish. You are here, so therefore you don't believe much of the rubbish anyway. I'm just, uh, <laughs> for, for, the, uh, for the news, for the new, the new ones, it's like the, there is, oh, we're just being lied to every day of our lives. And, and it's time to just turn away from those sources and get the word out. We have much more power. And the thing about it is, is that they know it. They know it. You're on a list. I'm on a list. Well, then let's bloody well put them on a list. And let, let's let them understand that you come for us, we're going to come for you. Dane Wigington, we're going to stay in touch with you very closely. I, I expect to speak with you within the next couple of weeks. If something breaks uh, on any level, please sing okay. out and just blow our phones up until you get one of us away from what we're doing so that we can address it, all right? I will definitely keep you posted. And on the on a final note to your last statement, John, we have a site we've just put together. It's not fully operational yet, but it's called Disinformation Directory. The point of that site is to post those that are helping to hide this crime, post their their work contacts so that the general public can rattle their cages so that we can let them know that we know they know about this issue for exactly the reasons you stated. So we're, we're headed that direction as well. Now, is that going to be a link or is that going to be a freestanding site? freestanding site called disinformationdirectory.com. Got it, man. Dane Wigginton, thank you so much. And I'm serious. Stay healthy. Uh, as we get closer to the truth, it'll be necessary for you to uh, keep your six checked at all times. And if anything comes up, sing out, all right? Thank you, sir. Have a great day, John. You too. Thanks for being with us. Well, there you go. So it is, it is real. It is happening. There is an agenda. And I think, I'm, I'm thinking we're the agenda. I think there are just too many of us to suit them. You know, and as, as Dane said, as I've said, as many others have said, it's all about the power. It's all about the control. I mean, seriously, when you have somebody like Prince Philip saying, well, if I were to come back, if reincarnation were possible, I would want to come back as a virus and destroy humanity, which I consider to be the bigger plague. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, but that's uh, that's it in the broad stroke. So you know what? Let me see. How can I put this succinctly? To hell with those fellas. You know that's that's the way to do it. And let's just uh, let's just do what we do, which is improvise, adapt, overcome, seek, neutralize where necessary, exalt where we can those who bring forth the truth, and then spread that truth. We'll be right back with Dennis Dragon on Caravan to Midnight. That's what my mind always said to me. Like-